You are Locked On Thunder, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma City Thunder, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello there, everyone. We're locked in for episode 209 of Locked On Thunder, presented by the Norman Transcript. I'm your host, Fred Katz. Locked On Thunder is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Head on to iTunes, search Locked On Thunder, subscribe to the podcast there, leave a review once you're on that page. You can find us on audioboom.com. You can log on to normantranscript.com. Check out my blog, Thunder Road. It's under the sports tab on the site. I got Thunder coverage up there now, starting on draft coverage this week. I'm on Tuesdays and Thursdays with the podcast. As I said last week, though, I'm coming back Monday, Wednesday, Friday, starting next week. So I'm going to have Monday, Wednesday next week is going to be draft stuff. And then I'm going to do a draft wrap-up podcast uh, for Friday, which will be out at some point on Friday. I don't know if it'll be out at that normal, like midnight, 1 a.m. time when it normally comes out. But it'll be up. It'll be up at some point on Friday, so you can have that as your weekend listening. And then I'm going to be doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday a decent amount since there's going to be so much news. We got the awards show, and we got the draft, and we got, you know, at the awards show, probably Westbrook winning MVP. And then there's, you know, free agency, and there's Summer League, and, and there's all this stuff. So plenty of stuff to get to. Tuesday, Thursday this week, though. And today, I you're basically my co-host at this point. If you've listened to this podcast at all, it's probably a John Hamm podcast. And this one's another John Hamm podcast. You're, you're taking over the pod, John. All right. I mean, this is part of my uh, this is part of my takeover attempt. Step one. <laughs> it's it's working. Yeah, it's working. It's all part of the the evil plan to take over every single possible Oklahoma City basketball podcast, and uh, you're doing it. Congratulations, by the way. It's look. I I watch Game of Thrones. I just I take my strategy from there. So. Um, I'm just I'm just uh, following what the GOT tells me. What what do you uh what are you thinking today? What do you think about the Thunder? What is there what is there to talk about of the Thunder? Yeah, on uh, this I this mean, Monday afternoon, what can we do? You know, I mean, obviously, a lot of people are wondering how how do the Thunder get back to where they were, and we talk about that all the time. It's, you know, maybe there is a path to, to get back uh, into, uh, you know, one of the top two teams in the West. Maybe they don't. Um, but I guess the thing is, you know, I, obviously I do a lot, lot of, uh, I do a lot of radio spots here locally and try to talk about the Thunder and try to explain, you know, so people kind of understand what's going on here. And, you know, people aren't impressed really locally with, you know, the Thunder's young talent. I keep talking about how it's the third youngest team in the league. You know, this team's been young before, got really good. I understand they don't have quite the same caliber of talent that they did back in 2009 on the way up. But, you know, they're they're in a pretty good spot. And I think sometimes what gets lost is what's going on around Oklahoma City. Um you know, they were the sixth seed last season as the third youngest team in the league. And there's teams around them that could fall apart this summer. Uh, there's other teams that, you know, are, are right in their group that could, you know, that could disappear as well. There's other teams in the NBA, like Indiana with Paul George, that are facing a situation similar to Oklahoma City, but are worse off. And I think you know, sometimes just kind of taking a step back and, and looking at that is is worthwhile. Want to take a step back? Let's take a step back. I have I have nothing. I have nothing to do. <laughs> I have nothing to do. Let's take a step back. Okay. 
Where are we going to step to first? Should we step to consistent Thunder opponent, playoff opponent, the Memphis Grizzlies? Let's look at them. I feel like they're they're like a similar they're in a similar team on the other end of the spectrum, right? Like they yeah, they they were the third oldest team, right? Right, and and are kind of in a position to where they're kind of stuck into that roster. Forty three and thirty nine, seven seed, competitive first round series against against San Antonio, but yeah, not really that many ways to improve that roster. And if you look at that roster, I mean, so why do we keep talking about, you know, the Thunder, how are they most likely to improve internal development? And people tend to roll their eyes because the big splashy free agent signing is a lot more appealing. But if you look at Memphis, how are they most likely to get better? Internal development. When you look at their guys like a James Ennis, a Wade Baldwin, Deontay Davis, Jarrell Martin, you know, those guys are going to have to step up if that team, in order for the team to get better than what it is, because they've got some key guys that they could be losing this summer. Yep. I mean, they've got, they got Zach Randolph's a free agent and Tony Allen's a free agent and Vince Carter's a free agent. And those guys combined age are, age is literally triple digits. Literally. No, that, that wasn't, it is literally, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not misusing literally, you know, do you listen to David Cross ever? You watch David Cross? No, no, no. David Cross Cross is a, uh, yeah, stand-up comedian, for those who don't know. He's the guy who played Tobias on uh, Arrested Development and is a very yes. funny stand-up comedian. He he has a good joke about how people misusing literally is the most frustrating word to misuse because it's the only word that when you misuse it, you are only using it in the exact opposite way of its meaning. <laughs> right. Like if you exactly. misuse literally, you are using it in a way that just is the opposite of – you are using it in a way that you mean figuratively. Yeah, but they are they are literally – over a hundred years old combined, those free agents, and and they're still resting on on Mike Conley, who had a great year, but but seems it's weird to say that Mike Conley is injury prone because it's not like he like has a bad knee and the knee keeps giving in. It's like a different injury every single time, and it's always some sort of impact injury. Like he got Mike Conley is such a nice guy and never gets technical fouls, and yet he's always getting punched in the face. <laughs> it's the most unfortunate fouls, uh, the most unfortunate injuries that he seems to get. Right, you got the Chandler Parsons injury issues. Marcus has had foot problems, although he had a he had a wonderful year this year. But but he's had the foot problems. It's they're they're not the only team that's kind of in that situation. I mean, the the Clippers are obviously in a similar one. They've got Chris Paul and JJ Redick and Blake Griffin, who are all free agents, and uh, they're they're kind of in a in a similar situation as well. Like the kind of the whole middle of the West is a little bit frozen into their rosters, right? Pretty much, uh, yeah, because let's <clears> – <throat> now the Clippers, it's going to be very expensive to bring that – to bring all those guys back because they are in the repeater tax. So it's going to be very costly. Now, fortunately, you know, their owner formed a software company several years ago or co-founded one, so he's got a few dollars laying around, and they play in the second largest market in America. But, yeah, how how do you make the Clippers any better? Let's assume that they do bring back – Paul Griffin and Reddick, and there's some question about Reddick. Um, I mean, how do you make any any improvements to that team, especially given the Clippers' you know, draft history since Doc took over, which is non-existent? And they don't have a pick this year. They 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 lost their pick when they rented Jeff Green. Oh no! They, that oh was my their, gosh! That was their, that was their, I, I take that back. That was their 2019. The 2017 is the one that is in Mil- Toronto, oh, Toronto right now because Duncan. that's yep. They dumped Jared Dudley a few years back. 
Uh, yep. Who's the exact type of player they could use, huh? Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah. it's it's remarkable that after one season, you know, they just gave up on that. And some of that was self-inflicted because they had to have Spencer Hawes. Well, one season when they knew he was hurt and then they right. just gave up on him. Well, they the, the Clippers did not know about you, you mentioned the Spencer Hawes thing. This is we're getting we're getting so niche NBA right now, but whatever. It's a Thunder podcast from the Thunder. I haven't played for a month and a half. If you're listening to this, then you're into niche NBA. <laughs> but the the Clippers, when they signed Spencer Hawes, they gave him the full mid level exception, and they their front office was unaware of the rule that if you give the full mid level to someone and the full biannual to someone, they give the biannual to who was it? Jordan Farmar that year. Jordan Farmar, yeah. Who they then who they then released in the middle of the season in like December or January, they released mm-hmm. Jordan Farmar and ended up going to the playoffs with Lester Hudson coming off a ten day contract as their backup point guard. Oof. But they they used the full mid level on Farmar or the full biannual on Farmar, the full mid level on Spencer Hawes, and they didn't know that that would hard cap him, hard cap the team, and they ended up dumping Jared Dudley's like four million dollar deal, which is really good for the production that Jared Dudley ideally is going to give you, and he ended up having a solid year that ensuing season, and uh, now they're out of first round pick because of it. It's unreal. Like that that pick was was traded for what was it Gravis Vasquez again like that that pick yeah. even if you even if the justification is the clippers are terrible at drafting and they're terrible at developing talent and so the draft picks don't mean anything like you can still trade the pick for something as opposed to putting the pick onto something so you can get rid of Jared Dudley because you hard capped yourself like that team makes some some really really poor uh front office decisions in terms of just general savviness and so, and this this does kind of tie back to the Thunder because there's always, you know, a, a lot of just bemused looks from people why the Thunder kind of do things the way they do. Like you say, here's here's a team on the West Coast that literally did not know the implications of using that full mid level exception. And I think there's a lot of talk of Sacramento when they, you know, made a lopsided trade with Philadelphia a couple of years ago. They weren't aware they had another path available to them. Um, the salary cap management thing is a totally underrated aspect of building a team. Um, and some teams are pretty savvy at it, and other ones, it seems like they're flying by night. Yeah, it's amazing. Although I have to say, I think front offices on the whole are better in 2017 than they were 15 years ago. Yeah. I think NBA teams are smarter now than they were. They're for the most part, NBA teams have have a firm grasp on what they're trying to do and what they kind of in the general realm of should, what they should be doing. Yeah, makes sense. There are, makes only, sense. There are only a few teams where I'm like, they're doing some crazy stuff. Yeah, Maybe there are things I'll disagree with, but there are only a few teams where I look at it and say, that that just doesn't, that doesn't make sense. I mean, the Clippers with that stuff, although they haven't mm-hmm. really done anything in the last year, but... They haven't really had anything left to trade at the same time. Uh, but they haven't really done anything in the last year or so. Uh, you know, the, the Kings, obviously. The Knicks do some some weird stuff. That's kind of it, though. Yeah, I mean, there's other teams. You, you kind of know what their plan is. Like, <clears throat> you look at Miami, right? You know Miami is going to – they don't care about, you know, like drafting and developing. They don't have to. They've got a large – body of water they can sell to people that want to play there you know so they go in on free agency although I mean, that's been their plan all along is to go you know whale hunting as as pat riley called it but you know i it'll be interesting to see how successful they're going to be at that moving forward 
if they just completely basically ignore the NBA draft and try to position themselves for big free agents that they may not be able to get because of the incentive for guys to stick with their prior teams. So the difference I mean, between Miami though, the difference between Miami and the vast majority of organizations, like maybe literally every other organization is that Miami is arguably the best organization in the league, specifically at picking up guys off the scrap heap. Like identifying talent where other teams have decided the talent is just not even worth it on a minimum deal or close to a minimum deal and bringing them in and turning them into productive guys. And like Thunder fans know, Deion Waiters had a great year. And then there's, there's, you know, Hassan Whiteside who was, you know, all over the place and they've turned into this really, really solid center. And they, they do this all the time. James Johnson, mm-hmm. like they, they do this mm-hmm. all the time. That's just this year's roster. I mean, they, they do this all the time. So with Miami, it's like if they bring in that one star that or, or even that second star, you have so much faith in Pat Riley, so much faith in that organization that they're going to bring in the role players around that guy that I think it works. Like yeah. one of the reasons that having the draft is so important, it's not just cultivating talent and, and, and potentially getting a star for cheap value. It's just getting role players for that kind of cheap rookie contract value, right? But if you're as good as Miami is at getting guys on minimum contracts and turning James Johnson into a legit starter or Deion Waiters into a legit starter for $2.9 million, then all of a sudden that draft, that that guy you're getting at number 24, that may actually be riskier than bringing in the guy for, for $2 million or something like that or a minimum deal if you're actually that good at identifying talent that other people don't really want. Yeah, that's true, and I'm, that that is one of the th- one of the things that I have that I have kind of dinged the Thunder front office on is that they never really have had like a gem that they've that they've coughed, that they've dug up before. I mean, DeAndre Liggins was the closest one that they uh, that they came out of camp one year. Sean Livingston. <laughs> I mean, it, that's that's a big what could have been. That's a big what could have been if he. Uh, if he hadn't hurt his knee again, uh, and, and if the Thunder hadn't been in such dire need of a backup point guard at the time, maybe they would have been more patient. But I don't know. That's that's one of the things that I kind of felt like, you know, other teams have done a – not every team, but other teams have done a good job of kind of finding guys. And the Thunder never really have. I don't think it's necessarily a huge knock. It's just sort of notable. Right. No, it it is. That's true. I mean, they don't really sign anyone at all. For the most part, they almost never bring in any free agents. What's the the biggest? I mean, I've I've, I've mentioned this on this show before, but the the biggest free agent deal they've ever given to another team's free agent. So Canada doesn't count, Singler doesn't count. Another team's free agent. Do you know this? The biggest free agent deal that in the history of their franchise they've ever given to another team's free agent. Are, are we talking about offer sheet or official contract? Official contract. CJ Miles ain't there. Okay. Okay, so CJ Miles would be the largest offer sheet, but Nate Ed Kerstich. Yeah, there you go, and and Morrow is number two. Yeah, like like Kerstich and, for for fifteen over over three, and and Morrow was ten over three. Like these are not they're not massive deals. They don't really sign guys. But that's and and that's part of the design, and that's what a lot of people don't understand when they say you know well the Thunder can't get any free agents, but that that's by design. They don't want to have to rely on free agency as a major fix. You know, they, uh, they, they are, they have been over the, they were over the salary cap from 2012 to 2016 anyway. 
um, and not really in a position to, you know, go out and dump a bunch of salary to pursue a free agent if they wanted to, they could have potentially done a sign and trade along the way. But, you know, I'm sure that those were explored and probably, you know, uh, turned down. But yeah, they've, this is, this is a team that is never, that, that is the internal built in design is to not have to rely on free agency. I think, uh, it's a little bit of a, self-fulfilling prophecy? Is that what this is? I don't know. Maybe I'm messing that up. Tell me if this is a self-fulfilling prophecy or not. Um, or maybe it's a chicken or egg thing. I don't, I don't know. Just tell me which one it is. <laughs> so they they don't have that design by coincidence. Like if the Thunder were in New York or Los Angeles, they wouldn't have that design. They wouldn't. So they, they kind of operate in that sense in terms of just not necessarily setting themselves up to a point where they're not even really trying to sign free agents as hard as the average team or as often as the average team or as aggressively as the average team. They've set that up because they anticipate that your average free agent is not going to be as interested in Oklahoma City as he is in New York or L.A. or something like that. And right. so a kind of one situation kind of feeds into the other, but the other one is feeding into this one. Maybe it's chicken or egg, but I don't know. Maybe it's – which one is it? is it? Is it neither? Is it something else that I'm thinking of? No, I, 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 I'm going to say both of those are appropriate, because um, I can't really think if if they're if they're not. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, basically, what you're saying is that, and maybe it's maybe it's through you know ex- experience. You know, one thing I was told one time is like, no major free agent is ever not going to know the Thunder were interested in them. You know, you're never going to see like. Wherever Blake Griffin winds up this summer, assuming it's not Oklahoma City, he is not going to walk up and say, "Well, gosh, I wanted to go to Oklahoma City, but I didn't know they they were interested in me." <laughs> like, like the Thunder make their interests known, and maybe it's just you know over time that they've just found that that you know interest was was rarely reciprocal, and um, and so therefore it's been all about drafting the guys as young, getting them in here getting him on those rookie scale deals, having advantages to keep him in the program, you know, for several more years and building up that way, uh, as opposed to, you know, putting yourself in a position right now where like you're, you know, where, where you're like Memphis and you really need a free agent fix to come in and get much better. All right. Let's, let's put this in a greater context. Cause we've compared them to like the old teams that are kind of locked in and like a team like Utah too, is like, they're different than the Clippers in Memphis because they're not as old. They're still a young team, and it's their first year making the playoffs. But And they're young in terms of experience, but they're not crazy, crazy young in terms of roster. Like, Derek Favors is is had had a down year, but is prime age, and, and Gordon Hayward is prime age, and Rudy Gobert is getting better, and Rodney Hood's getting better. But, like, a lot of these guys... They're locked in. Like Utah is, mm-hmm. is pretty much locked into these ro- to, the, to this roster, and they're worried about re-signing Hayward. But assuming even they re-sign Hayward, they're pretty much locked into this roster. And they got George Hill as well, who's not who's not a young guy, and 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 who may not even be back. So like Utah is in a situation where they're kind of locked into a roster as well. So that's really the whole middle of the of the Western Conference, and and you know Portland has some inflexibility because of big contracts they gave out, and yeah they could they could trade like a CJ McCollum and and kind of start over, but that's that's kind of you're kind of starting yeah. from square one depending on what that deal looks like. But they gave a lot of money to Evan Turner and a lot of money to to Alan Crabb, and they paid Harkless and they paid Myers Leonard, and that 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 team is is pretty set. And obviously you know Lillard is is there for there for the foreseeable future. 
I I I want to I want let's let's do something quickly. Let's let's contextualize okay. this better as opposed to just throwing out random teams and saying, well, you know, there are other teams locked in. Uh, let's just go through the other twenty nine teams and 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 basically let's do like a franchise rankings. Like, who would you rather be? Not just in twenty seventeen, but twenty seventeen all the way moving forward. No, I'm just okay. going to ask you. I'll, I'll go through just the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference standings, and let's see how many teams we'd rather be than the Thunder right now. Because I, I don't know what the answer to this is going to be. And I think it mm-hmm. could help both of us frame it, and I think it'll, it'll help our listeners. You want to do that? Okay. Okay. Let's first in the East, Boston. I think you would pretty much rather be Boston, right? I'd rather be Boston than maybe any other team in the NBA other than the Warriors. <laughs> and maybe Cleveland just because you have LeBron. But, yeah. And there's a whole lot of context there. I mean, look at, you know, Boston uh, was able to – cash in a bunch of aging assets for a bunch of beautiful draft picks and still be able to create a Eastern conference contender. And, uh, it's pretty unusual what they were able to do. Uh, it's mean, it, it, it takes more than Boston's, uh, you know, Boston gets a lot of credit for that. And I, I don't want to say they don't deserve any credit. Obviously Boston deserves credit for it, but it takes, it takes a, a another GM to mess up. It doesn't just take one GM to be smart, to make a deal like that. And it takes a tremendous amount of luck. Like they got the Nets were not supposed to be this bad when that trade was made. There were people when that trade was made who were like, wow, I can't believe they're giving up that many picks or I can't believe that they include those pick swaps or whatever it was. And those are legitimate opinions. But no one thought the Nets would be this. I mean, no one thought they'd be this. No one thought Darren Williams would just go to crap. And that Paul Pierce would fall off to such a degree and Kevin Garnett would just kind of be all used up by then. Those guys were good back then. And Jason Terry would be – Jason Terry was in that deal too. He's the forgotten one. Yes, he was. That he would become useless for Brooklyn. And that team would, would have, you know, one year at 44 wins or whatever it was and then an eight seed at 38 and then totally fall off. I mean once the deal was made, people's, people started to see it happen. And once the season started and they started 11 and 20 or whatever the heck it was. But but people didn't see this to this degree. People did not did not see this. And I don't think people saw people didn't see Isaiah Thomas becoming a superstar. And and you know what? The Celtics did not see Isaiah Thomas becoming a superstar. They brought him off the bench for the first year there. <laughs> this is true. And you know, look, not only did they get you know Brooklyn to to do that deal, but I mean, go back and look at the Ray John Rondo deal to Dallas. Oh yeah, and you know, then, and then the and then the Crowder contract that they extended him on. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, but it's, you know, you can't chalk it all up to luck. You're absolutely right, but that is a component there, and, you know, things broke well for them. Yes, absolutely. I mean, look, they're, Danny Ainge is magnificent, but there's, there's, I'm sure if you ask Danny Ainge, he would say, it's always luck involved in this stuff. Okay, so obviously Boston ahead. Uh, Cleveland, of course. I, I, of course. Of course. Toronto. Toronto. I think I would rather. I think I'd rather. I think I'd rather be Oklahoma City between these two. Me too. Toronto's in a sticky spot. I don't know how they get better, and and I'll be honest. I don't know if Demar Derozan is ever going to do what he did this year. Yeah. And, and yeah. Kyle, I mean, Kyle Lowry is is getting up there and is a free agent, and and Serge Ibaka is is declining each year. Although he was pretty good for them this year, and he's a free agent. Uh, I don't know. I, I think I'd say Oklahoma City too. Toronto had some injuries last season, but I I just don't know is their ceiling much higher than fifty one wins if you bring it if you bring it back. 
Yeah. And even if you bring it back, you know, next year, two years from now. Yeah, I mean, they won won in the mid-50s a couple years ago or last year. So I I guess you kind of have to say it's plausible they could win 55 or 56 again. But, I mean, they're they're not a team that's going to be Boston moving forward. And they're not a team that's going to be Cleveland moving forward. And and they either have to start over or or, are locked in. And and they don't have that much room for internal development. Uh, Yeah, and that that cliff's going to drop off soon. mm -hmm. Because Lowry's like 32, right? Yeah. How about Washington? I think I'd rather be Oklahoma City. Oh, our first discrepancy. I, I think I'd be Washington. Okay. Okay. I mean, I get it. I like their uh, core more. I like their core more. They're super young. Their starting lineup is one of the best in the NBA this year. And I know the Thunder starting lineup is one of the best too, but it's going to be it's going to be different next year. I, I think Beal, if he can stay healthy, that's obviously an F, but he was so great this year. I, I, I don't think John Wall is that much worse than Russell Westbrook. I really don't. Yeah. And uh, Porter's become a really good player. Morris had a nice year for them. And I just think it's easier to fill out a bench than it is to fill out a core. And they've got their core filled out, and, and their bench was horrible. If they if they had an average bench, they would have won 55 games. Yeah, I guess. I Maybe as part of this equation, I'm factoring in Ernie Grunfeld. Um, <laughs> man, I... Talk about the summer of 2016, man. You know, he, the, the Wizards were on, they were in it for Al Horford. And instead they wound up with Jan Mahinmi and Jason Smith. I mean, like it's at, at very similar money and, oh, that's, that's going to sting for a while. Do you think Jan Mahinmi and uh, Jan Vesley have debates over the best, best way to spell Jan? <laughs> like which letter of the alphabet right next to each other is the appropriate one? Exactly. There's you know you know Ian Ian Levy. Uh, I know of him. Yes. I only call him Jan Levy, purely <laughs> purely because of Jan Levy. Uh, let's let's speed it up. Atlanta, uh, Oklahoma City, same Milwaukee. Oh boy, you're asking me to pick between my two children. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm picking Milwaukee. I kind of want to also, yeah. I think Milwaukee, like, I, it's possible M- M- Milwaukee is a top five answer for this question. Yeah, yeah. I'm afraid I got to. Giannis is, yep. Giannis looks like he's going to be one of the three best players in the NBA. Yeah, he definitely and, does. And and Chris Middleton is outrageously underrated. Oh, I, I, I've been on his bandwagon for a while, and even if they get back, I don't know if Jabari Parker is going to get back to the 20 and, you know, seven guy or whatever that he was, but I still think he can be a productive NBA player. And I, and, and then you throw it, we haven't even talked about Thon maker, Thon maker yet. So yeah, I, I'm going Milwaukee on this one. Yeah. Uh, Indiana. Okay. See. Yeah. No question. Especially with the position they're in with Paul George right now, Chicago. Okay. See Sam as well. Uh, Miami. Hmm. Get back to me in July 15th. What a cop out. <laughs> uh, I'd rather be Miami. Yeah. I've, I just, I, I think that's one of the three best organizations in the NBA. Front office no, wise. No doubt. And the Thunder are a great organization, no but they, they don't have the advantage of Miami. And uh, I don't know, yep. Pat, Pat Riley is... Pat Riley has an argument for most successful basketball career ever, like period. Agreed. 
He's unbelievable. Yeah, and, He's absolutely brilliant. And this is a guy that I still hold it against him for faxing in his resignation to the New York Knicks. And I, I'm still saying that he's probably the most accomplished basketball person that's uh, that's been involved. Yeah, and in uh, and and if you if you're on the fence about Miami or OKC, then just Dion Waiters Players Tribune article pushes it over the fence. For me. <laughs> uh, how about Detroit? OKC for sure. Charlotte. OKC for sure. The Knicks. Ha <laughs> <laughs> No, don't even answer. Uh, okay. Although they have Chris Stapps, so answer. They do. They do have Chris Stapps, but they also have James Dolan. So I mean, you could just default to that. Yep. Uh, Orlando. OKC. How about Philadelphia? Philadelphia. You would you would pick yeah, Philadelphia? I, mean, I'm, I would take what Philadelphia has right now, and I mean, it, but it, understanding it took them a lot of years of losing to get to this point. But let's put it like this: Let, let's say I was a sought after, you know, a front office person that was going to take over either Oklahoma City or Philadelphia. I think I'd rather take Philadelphia. You know what? I I I I think Philadelphia's future might be a little overrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you could tell me right now, Joel Embiid is going to be healthy, then I wouldn't even think about it, and my answer mm-hmm. would be Philadelphia. Why? Just because Joel Embiid was great, are we just kind of assuming he's part of the future now? He didn't play it all year one. He didn't play it all year two. And he only played 31 games this year. Yeah. Like why Why are we assuming that he's going to play any more than 31 games moving forward? And, and and I'm not giving a medical diagnosis. It just logically it seems to me the guy had chronic injury worries coming into the draft, then didn't play for two years, then didn't even play half a year in year three. And he is un believable when he's on the court. I don't want to demean his talent. There's nothing to demean. He's incredible at Mm -hmm. everything. He was like second in defensive rim protection numbers this year. Like he's behind Gobert. Like he's, he's incredible at everything. He's already a star. Like he's not going to be a star. He's a star now, but it just, it worries me with the injuries and Ben Simmons was hurt. And like, what, what, what alert are you getting there, Ham? What's, what's your alert? Oh, that is my phone going off. Uh, uh, so my ringtone is the ESPN thirty for thirty theme. <laughs> it should it should be someone in a deep voice saying, "What if I told you you're getting a phone call?" <laughs> That's great. <laughs> that that should really be it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Philadelphia's got amazing assets, and they're gonna. Oh my gosh, maybe maybe it is Philly just because they have Sacramento's unprotected first rounder in what twenty nineteen. Oh, see, that's I mean. I mean, that's where I'm coming at. Joel Embiid inside, aside from that, they got a lot of stuff to work with. Now, again, it came a lot of years of losing to get to this point. But, you know, they're in a position now to where they can start, like, cashing in some of these things, actually, like, molding something. Yes. No, they they are. Um, And they're not – they were fun to watch this year. They were definitely fun to watch. But I I don't know. It's just – it's tough. Like, I think just because a team, if a team is really bad, I think we're kind of in, we, there's this part of basketball culture where if a team is really, really bad, we have this habit of looking to them being like, but they're young. But when a team mm-hmm. is average 
and they're still young. Like, the Thunder are just as young as Philly. And you could argue, like, Philly's talent more. That's fine. But right. the Thunder are just as young as Philly. And when a team is kind of in the 40s and is young, we say, oh, they're stuck in the middle. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, they are, they are kind of stuck in the middle to a degree, but, like, they're young. You, you, have, to, you have to bring that up as well. And uh, I don't know. I think we tend to give the benefit of the doubt to the young team that's really, really bad. Sometimes maybe maybe a little bit too much. And I, I'm not arguing Philly's in a bad spot. They're not. They're in, they're in a good spot. They're in a really good spot in a lot of ways. But, I mean, like I said, if Embiid is healthy, then, like, they've got their superstar already. But I just – I don't know. If, if, if a doctor came to me and said, no, nah, you're, you're wrong, Embiid is fine, then I would change my mind. But yeah. I just haven't heard Look, they, they are Minnesota of the East, or Minnesota is the Philadelphia of the West. I think uh, – Milwaukee is the Minnesota of the East. Although maybe Milwaukee is better than Minnesota, if that's what you're arguing, because they won. Well, they made the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, they did that. It's just, you know, both Minnesota, Philadelphia, very similar age in teams, um, you know, similar, like, number of talents coming up at the same time and, you know, some future some future pieces to work with. And so. I got gotcha. you. Uh, yeah. Brooklyn. Nah, okay, long, see. Long, long discussion about Brooklyn. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think we need that. Justin uh, Hamilton or Stephen Adams? Uh, <laughs> Although, Spencer Dinwiddie is just fantastic on Twitter. He sure is. He's great. Sure. He gets retweeted onto my timeline all the time. I don't even have to follow him. He just gets retweeted yeah, onto my timeline. All of his tweets are just fire. Yeah. Uh, now, isn't it isn't it true that his sister is dating Andre Robertson? Wait, really? I, b- I believe so. I believe so. I believe I did come across that information. I was completely unaware of that. There's information for your next article. There you go. I can uh, I can be like the TMZ of Oklahoma City. Yes. Uh, Golden State. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, shall we move on past San Antonio as well? We should. Okay. Uh, so I've got seven teams right now, by the way. Okay. Uh, I think you have six because we disagreed on Washington. Oh, and we disagreed yeah. on – oh, but then you said Philly enough. and I didn't. So we both have seven. Right. Okay. Um, Houston. Oh, that's a toss-up for me. It is tough. Houston was obviously better this year, but they have older pieces. Yeah. You know – People always thought Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson were good. The issue with them was health. And for Gordon, uh, to a degree, it was just kind of happiness in his situation. Right. But, like, man, they stayed healthy this year. Does that mean they're going to stay healthy moving forward? I don't know. Yeah. I I, I don't know either. I just don't know. And Houston you doesn't know, have a Nene was – Yeah. I think I'll pick Houston. And then, you know, Dan Tony. I don't, Dan Tony is so allergic to young players too. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I'll pick Houston. Are, are, I'll pick Houston. Okay. Okay. They were just they were I, much better this year. They. I feel like I should be obligated to. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm going Houston. They're my number eight. Okay. Okay. See, are the Clippers? Okay. See. Yeah. Weirdly, uh, I'm the same. Um, Man, that I feel like that Blake contract could someone someone in the league suggested to me that they feel like that's so, someone suggested to me 
it's amazing how much Blake Griffin's career has has mimicked Amari Stoudemire's in every way, and he feels like that could continue with this big contract he's going to get this offseason. Like this could be the Amari Knicks contract for Blake. I have heard that comparison so many times. I mean, like from various like different people talking about it. You're absolutely right. There is so much Amari potential with Blake there. Yeah, sad. I like Blake Griffin. I hope no, that no doesn't doubt. happen. He's he's so great when he's healthy. He's still so, he's he's actually underrated now. Yeah, definitely. Especially now he shot thirty seven percent from three over the last like thirty games on three attempts a game. He's legit shooting threes now. And like two thousand eight, John Hamm never thought that would have been possible for him. Well, when I saw him dominating the game of college basketball by dunking on everybody. That's why you should never listen to John Hamm. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, I think that's common knowledge at this point. How about Utah? Oh, boy. Can, can I pull the get back to me on July 15th card? No. Again? No. Keep okay. the takes hot and affirmative. I kind of think Utah either way. Affirmative, assertive. Sorry, I don't know why I said affirmative. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> I kind of think Utah either way. Sure. Okay. Even if they don't re-sign Gordon Hayward. They've got guys in the pipeline. Yeah, they've got they've young got guys. They've they can move. And Quinn Snyder's a great, a great coach. And they're a smart front office. That's I mean, tough, Utah, though, they don't re-sign Hayward. One summer, Utah lost both Paul Millsap and Al Jefferson for nothing. And, you know, wound up kind of building back up and, and getting to where they are. I mean, Utah's got Oklahoma City's first-round pick next season. Um, top 14 protected, but, you know, assuming the Thunder make the playoffs, they get that pick. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the, Dennis Lindsay, I think, has done has done an outstanding job there. So um, even if Gordon Hayward doesn't come back, they've got some guys like Alec Burks. They've got – they could bring back, um, oh, the, the kicker from the replacements. What's his name? Orlando Joe Ingles, Jones? that's his name. Oh. Um, Orlando, Orlando Jones, Orlando Jones yeah. was the receiver. Yes, he was. Who put on the sticky um, hands. Yes. And then they've got Rudy Gobert. Yeah, I, 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 I'm I saying Utah, but because I think I'm just assuming they're going to re-sign Hayward, although that's absolutely not a guarantee. But I think they're in the best position to sign him of anybody. So I'm, I'm going to say Utah. Yeah. Uh, Memphis, I think we can both agree the Thunder. I agree. Portland. Okay, see. Sam, Denver. This is an interesting one, I think. Yeah, it is. Although it kind of feels like all those young pieces that Denver has, even though they've gotten better year by year, we keep talking about, oh, they're going to cash him in for a, you know, for a, a big time player and it doesn't seem to happen. It yeah, you're right, but it doesn't mean it won't. Granted, I think they I think they were trying to figure out what they were. And I think in the second half of this year, they now know what they are. They are running everything through Jokic, and they are building everything around Jokic. And every single thing they do right now will be to complement a team built around Nikola Jokic. Mm -hmm. And I think they know what they are, and I think they're more prepped to make a move. I'm not certain they're going to make a move this offseason or anything like that, but Jokic is 21, man. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you got Jokic, you got Murray... Um, Gary I'm Harris. Not so sure what Moutier is, but like <laughs> on the move, probably. Um, 
But, like, Gallinari is good, and you can get stuff for him. And Wilson Chandler is good, and you can get stuff for him. And, like, these are... These are good players on reasonable contracts who aren't who are, who are kind of at the tail end of their primes, but in their prime still. It's not like they're old or anything like that. These are guys in their like late twenties, around thirty years old, something like that. Like these are guys who can still play, can still contribute. Um, you know, our, our Wilson Chandler and and Gallinari are, are known as locker room guys. Like even though Chandler kind of had his issues with with Denver, I always felt like Chandler had handled that in a nice way. Like he wanted to be traded, but his teammates still speak well of him and that kind of stuff. You know, like it's not it's mm-hmm. not some situation where there's just loads of animosity or anything like that in Denver, even though like there were disagreements on both sides. So I am I'm kind of inclined to say Denver. You know, when you when you look at Will Barton and and you know who else was actually pretty good for Denver last season as a twenty one year old? Tell me. Juancho Hernan Gomez. Yes. Yes, he was. Yes, he so. was. They're, they've got they've got young talent. Yep. And they have too many players. I like players. Mike Malone. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they made a bad deal. The, the Nurkic deal was a was not a good deal. And, and I yeah. understand they had to get rid of Jokic or Nurkic because he wasn't going to play next to Jokic. They couldn't play next to each other. And you pick, you know, it's a similar thing to the Thunder's mentality of trading Cameron Payne, right? Right. But, you know, you trade him before his value shoots down, but uh, the, the way the first-round pick went in that deal was was not the best, and Mason Plumley was not a good choice for them. Yeah. That was weird. But uh, I'm kind of inclined to say Denver still because of the flexibility along with the, the budding 21-year-old star. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 going to go ahead and stick with OKC, but I'm I'm going to admit that it's there's a, there's a pretty narrow margin there. Yeah, it's close. So I I got ten and you got nine, right? Yep. Uh, New Orleans. OKC. Same man. It's amazing what's gone on. I am so intrigued to see Demarcus Cousins' free agency. They're just uh, teams uh, who aren't going to offer him anything. Like, there are going to be teams who need big men, could use big men, who are going to be like, nah, no thanks. But he's not a free agent until 18. Yeah, no, I know. Oh, okay, okay. I know. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm intrigued. That's going to happen next year. Yep. People are going to be like, wait a second, why has nobody went to Marcus Cousins? It's going to be the same reaction that people had the reaction of when when the Kings couldn't get anything for him. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Dallas. OKC. Sacramento. OKC. Minnesota. Uh, I I just called in the Philadelphia of the West earlier, right? Yep, and you picked Philadelphia, so you got to go. Boy, do I need to backpedal on all all this right now? (laughs) Um, I don't know, man. Looking at at that Minnesota young core, I, I, I would be inclined to, I'd probably pick in Minnesota's core. Yeah, me too. Me too. Lakers and what they what they have to work with, and uh, so uh, yeah, I, I would take OKC over the Lakers and over Phoenix. Yep, me too. So so I have the Thunder at like eleven, and you have them at ten. Yeah, give or take, we're we're right around the same ballpark. Yeah. So neither of us have them in some sort of dire situation, even though they are over the cap without that much flexibility to make moves pushing up against the luxury tax with a very, very high unlikelihood of them actually paying it. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If if people so, if people have opinions, strong opinions, weak opinions, light opinions on any of these teams that we discussed, because we went through every single one, and uh, you wanna you wanna voice them, hit up John on Twitter, John M Ham. <laughs> don't don't tweet me. him at me. Don't tweet him at me. <laughs> no, you can tweet him at me. I'm Fred Katz. Uh, yeah, John, what are you gonna say? Uh, no, that's that's basically it. Uh, and then on a, on a final note. Uh, Happy birthday to Antoine Jameson, Earl Watson, and Jason Caffey today. You guys earned it. <laughs> I feel like if there's one thing that you don't earn, it's a birthday. <laughs> like, a birthday is, by definition, just given to you at birth. Right. It's you're either going to have one or you're not, right? It's, it's the one thing that every person in the world has. Yeah. Doesn't matter. <laughs> The absolute one thing you've never earned. Uh, what do you got to plug or, or say before we go? Not much. Not much at this point. Just preparing for uh, an NBA draft show that we'll be doing on the franchise on draft night. So uh, that's that's the biggest thing in my world at the moment. All right, great. Well, you can listen to that. You're doing that with Jerry, right? We are doing that with Jerry. So that's John and Jerry Ramsey. You can listen to those guys at 107.7 The Franchise in Oklahoma City. And you can remember I'm on Tuesday, Thursday this week, so the next show is going to be on Thursday. Uh, and after that, on Monday, Wednesday, Friday again for the next few weeks. So that's starting with draft week. The draft is a week from Thursday. So I'm doing draft coverage for Mondays and Wednesday shows. And Thursday I'm going to have a good guest. And, and I think we're going to be doing a fun show. I had a fun idea. I don't like saying the guests in advance just in case. Sometimes people bail. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to uh, I don't want to give it away. But I think Thursday is going to be a fun episode. Uh, you can add to iTunes. Subscribe to Locked on Thunder. Questions, comments, email Locked on Thunder at gmail, gmail.com. Or like I said, I'm on Twitter at Fred Katz, F-R-E-D-K-A-T-Z, and uh, you know, send me all your disagreements and such uh, for the for the teams that we discussed. But but I'd much prefer it if you just sent them to John because that way that way he can like <laughs> screenshot your tweets and then send me snarky texts about them. And those are those are my favorite John Hammond texts. All right, well you can go on to Thunder Road. That's my that's my blog, normantranscript.com slash sports slash Thunder Road. That's gonna do it for today, John. Thank you, as always. Like I said before, I owe you at least like a half a beer for coming on. I'm going to hold you to that. Yeah, please, please, please do. I'll I'll drink half a beer and I'll give you my backwash. How's that? <laughs> All right. Well, we had a deal. And we'll, and we'll be even. We'll be even. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for today. I'm back Thursday. Until then, Locked on Thunder is locking up. <laughs>